Hello, my name is Matthew Philbrick, host of The Real Game, a podcast by coaches for coaches. Welcome, welcome to this next episode of The Real Game. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that is, I wouldn't say near and dear to all coaches, but it's something that we as coaches definitely are affected by year to year. And I'd say probably for myself, this year, this has affected me more than usual. And that is the topic of athletic injuries or athlete injuries. I will say in all my years of coaching this year has been the worst for injuries than I have ever experienced. Uh, We have on uh, our staff here, a great licensed athletic trainer, and that is Mackenzie Pete. And she is on the show today. So welcome Mackenzie. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. So Mackenzie, Mackenzie does, Mackenzie spends a lot of time here and has been very busy this year. Um, I'm just going (laughs) to, I'm just going to back up to the beginning of basketball season or even before that a little bit, uh, we ended, and I I know I've, I've talked on the show a little bit about our success as a basketball team last year and how great that was winning the championship and everything. And really we were pretty unaffected by injuries last year. I had two guys out. I think that I could remember for one game a piece and they, and that's because they were sick. Uh, they weren't injured wow. at all. So I think they had the flu or something and, you know, they each missed a game here and there, but it was nothing, nothing, more, nothing, even like a sprained finger or anything that really affected anybody. Way so, different than this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fast forward to this year, it's October, the end of October, early November. And I get a call uh, one Saturday afternoon from a friend of mine and and we were talking about something completely unrelated. And then he goes, Oh, by the way, sorry to hear about Brit. And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Sorry to hear about Brit. <laughs> so Brit is my starting center on my basketball team. He's, he's a great kid. He's about six, mm-hmm. six. He's, he's like the heart of the interior of our team. And he's like, Oh, he broke his foot. I'm like, what are you talking about? How did he, and of course he broke it in a, in a pickup game, just, you know, messing around at the school. So that of was course. the first thing. And then, so it took him, I don't remember Mackenzie, like six weeks probably before he could do anything. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we were, by that, by the time he was able to even start jogging up and down the court, we were into our season. Um, and then of course he was, you know, out of shape and had to get back into shape and all that. So it was really after Christmas, mid January, before he started to hit his stride again, mm-hmm. of course that affected us. And then, uh, and then let's fast forward to alumni night. Uh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> first, first alumni night. Um, yeah. I, I sat in a meeting the night before the alumni game with a bunch of people from the school I work at, and I just said, for the record, and I believe it's word for word, I said, for the record, I hate alumni games <laughs> because somebody's going to get hurt and it's going to end their season. So the next night we had our alumni game and my starting point guard, and I'll just put this in context. He's average. He's a senior. He's averaging 20 points a game. He's a mm-hmm. hundred and some points from a thousand points. 
uh, goes down with a knee injury. All right. Let's just leave it at that for now. He goes mm-hmm. down with a knee injury. You came out on the court and, and checked him out, took him back to the, to the room. And I remember you mm-hmm. saying to me after he left, I think it's his ACL. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm to myself thinking I, I'm just in denial at that point. Okay. Thinking, mm-hmm. eh, I really mm-hmm. hope that's not it. I, I didn't want to think that that was it. Um, yeah. Obviously when you hear ACL, that, that's a season ending injury. Um, so anyways, that, and it did end his season, as you know. Um, yeah. So that's really, it's really, imp- it's impacted our team profoundly. And we've been able to see that as the season has progressed not that they haven't, you know, we've, we've adjusted and, and we've done well in spite of those injuries, but mm-hmm. injury, injuries affect coaches every day. And it's not something you can plan for. It just happens. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it, it, it's out of the blue a lot of times and, and it sneaks up on you, you know? Um, so anyways, that's what I want to talk about today. So Mackenzie, tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about how you became a trainer was it something you always wanted, maybe as a kid, or was there somebody influential in your life that kind of helped steer you in that direction? Um, yeah, I mean, I wish it was that cool of a story, but it's like, you know, I um, I think I was intrigued by it first in high school, and I think this is how it usually goes for athletic trainers. Um, my athletic trainer, when I played soccer, I played soccer, I swam you know, and I saw the athletic trainer at my high school for my injuries. Um, and I always asked him cap, he's so great. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he's still there. He's the only one and he has so many athletes. So I was intrigued by the profession after talking to him. Um, he told me more about what he does. And then fast forward, I just went to undergrad. I just did a general health studies degree. I just wanted to figure out what I wanted to do, but I always had an interest in, you know, a healthcare professional type role. Um, so, but I was, I was still trying to figure it out. I switched my major like twice. Like I wanted to do forensic psychology and then I looked up like YouTube videos and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) so you know, senior year, I took an intro to athletic training course. Um, and I really loved it. It was mm-hmm. with like division one, um, like college athletes. Um, so I was okay. like an athletic training student, I guess. Um, and from there, I just applied to grad school for athletic training specifically. And two weeks later started that. And then here I am. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so really you mentioned this guy cap cap, right? Cap. If, yeah. Davey if- cap. If Cap, if Cap had been a jerk, would you have pursued athletic training, or would you have been like, "eh, I don't know if this is something I really want to do," you know, or you know, not? Yeah, I mean, I mean I, it sounds like he was he was a great guy and a great trainer, and and impact at least impacted your life enough that it made you consider that as a profession. Yeah, I mean, he was. Um, I think all athletic trainers, like we have some type of distinct like personality in some sure. way. Yeah. To be honest, like you have, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but he was very personable, but also extremely smart. Like I saw, he um, actually when I was doing my hours to get into grad school, I went back to the high school and I shadowed him. So it was like between, I think it was the end of undergrad. I was just doing a couple hours there and going back to my high school. So uh, he had a lot of other tools under his belt that I didn't know. 
you know? So Mm -hmm. it was interesting to me um, to see that and to really dig deeper. So I think uh, in high school, I just thought it was a very interesting profession. And then once I shadowed him, I saw like how much more he could do. And I talked to him all the time. So I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. Cause it was, it's nice. Like you get to connect with a lot of, a lot of people, but like a lot of the kids that need you, it's like their parents Mm -hmm. are grateful for you. Um, they're grateful for you. It's just like a rewarding feeling. So even as a student, so. Right. Right. So you've worked with a lot of coaches and athletic directors. I assume you're working with me now. (laughs) Do you feel like coaches and ADs appreciate trainers in what they do? Or do you feel like they're a little threatened by them? And let me explain what I mean. Threatened by them. You as athletic trainer have the ability or the power to pull a kid from a game. If you feel like he shouldn't be Mm -hmm. in there, she shouldn't be in there. That can, that can change the outcome of a game potentially. And it can Mm -hmm. potentially make a coach upset at you. Like why, you know? Yeah. Um, So anyways, back to the question, do you feel like ADs and coaches appreciate what you do? Um, Like I have been very grateful to be honest when it comes to athletic directors. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm early on in my career. I've been licensed for what, like three and a half years now. So um, when I worked at high schools before, I was always like assistant athletic trainer. So the head athletic trainer deals with that type of, you know, side of things. But I did see usually when it's um, an issue with if an athletic director has an issue, it's or vice versa, like head athletic trainer, it's usually because of budget. Okay. Yeah you know, like we don't have what is necessary to treat the athletes here. And it's usually like, you know, it's, it's, it's a conversation that needs, it just needs to be clear. Sometimes I think that's usually where the conflict is. It's all around like budgeting, um, coaches, (laughs) which I know is, (laughs) I know you wear two hats here. I was going to say, I I happen to be both. So exactly. Choose your words wisely, Mackenzie. I I know, right. (laughs) I've been lucky, as I said, Um, like I haven't had any, I've always had support from the AD Mm -hmm. Um, coaches, the, eh, like most of the time I have had pretty good support from them and they trusted me. Um, and I think that's just because I, uh, I educate, like, I want to sit down and talk to them and have them understand. I don't want to just like take an athlete out of the game right? and not just say, I'm worried about this and then take them out. Cause they're just going to be, you know, you're in the heat of everything and it's, yeah, it's just, it is a struggle sometimes. So, um, I'm glad you asked this because, um, I know that. I've had issues in the past. Uh, one specific one that I want to uh, talk about that I might have told you before, but um, uh, it was football season, high school, uh, varsity football. Okay. And um, an athlete got injured um, at a practice and then came in the following day to see me. I told him to come in earlier so I can assess him. Um, and he immediately started, I thought it was a shoulder issue that he had, and I was very concerned about it. Okay. He tried to scoop by me and just go to practice, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, I 
do really want to take a look at this because you couldn't even lift your arm yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he's a really, he's like one of the main, you know, he's a really great player and is a big part of their team too. So that's why I was, I'm like that with all the athletes, but mm -hmm. I just told him and I knew how he was yeah. as an athlete and I knew he wouldn't come to me. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to touch base with you tomorrow. Right. Right. Um, he ended up having uh, almost like shock like symptoms when he okay. was doing his rehab wow. for his shoulder. So yep. I was very concerned. I brought him into a private area. I assessed his vitals, mm -hmm. which were consistent with shock. And then he became unconscious. Oh, wow. That took a turn. It was like, yes, it was very quick. And I, you know, proper protocol, like, of course, the head athletic trainer wasn't there that day. So I had yeah. someone else with me and this was probably year two or okay. year and a half into my career. So um, I was assessing vitals over and over, trying to get him to come to um, when he he did end up, you know, coming to and he was able to communicate with me mm -hmm. a little bit um, and his vitals were still um, off, but they were better. I had already called 911 and they were okay. pretty much there at the time. Yeah. Like I did that like right away. I, I was taking vitals, but had, um, I had called 911. So, um, wow. when the EMT, like when they got there, I, you know, I said to him what this was during COVID this was, okay. They were doing online school and then they would still come to school for practice. Okay. Gotcha. The kids were yep. home all day. Mm -hmm. Um, so I said, Hey, like, what'd you eat today? Once you could communicate with me, what'd you mm -hmm. eat today? Trying to, you know, um, figure out why this was happening Yeah, right. <laughs> prior to the, um, emergency crew coming in. And he, uh, told me because I had good rapport with the kids. Like he had told me that he had taken an illegal substance. Okay. Um, and I said, that's good to know because yeah, they need definitely. to treat you appropriately. Mm -hmm. Thank you for telling me. Um, and then he went to the ER, you know, okay. and he ended up being fine. But aftermath of this, being a mandated reporter uh, with these things, I personally sat with this for a solid, like, I don't know. I mean, day. Yeah. <laughs> I talked yeah. to... The athletic trainer, the head athletic trainer that wasn't there that day, I called her. Okay. Um, and then I was like, I know I need to tell, you know, the yeah. athletic director, this is an issue because technically you're doing this um, during school hours. Right. Like, and you're coming to practice. So it's yeah. a little. That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, needless to say, best, like one of the best kids on the team, huge role in the this was such a hard, you know, mm -hmm. but I knew what I had. I, I told the athletic director he was out for the whole rest of the season. So okay. I took that, you know, I, I really had a good relationship with the coaches and the kids, but I felt like I got the cold shoulder for a little. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but this was a situation that in the question that you asked, like it was validated after sure. like yeah. the coaches came to me, like, as soon as they could see me in person after, you know, and they were thankful that I was there and right, right. they, re you know, they, they were like, you did everything right. And 
he messed up. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that it's good that you were there. And sometimes making the right decision is the hardest decision, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you are faced with that a lot in your line of work. Um, yeah. You know, not like you want to pull a kid out and and mm-hmm. you know make that decision to pull him from a game or whatever. So that's a that's a great example. It's a great story, and it actually ties in very good with my next question. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had to make a decision dur- dur- during an actual game mm-hmm. to pull a kid from a game, um, maybe even against the coach's wishes, and were you validated later? So you kind of answered that with yeah. that story. That wasn't during a game. It was it was during a practice. But mm-hmm. have you ever had to do that during an actual competition? Yes, I def I have. Um, and I, you know, I think in the heat of the moment, I just want to start with um, athletic trainers don't want to hold kids from playing. Like that's the yep. last thing that we ever want to do. Right. So I get I get upset, and I know. I, I just don't like when kids come and they're like, I didn't want to come to you yeah. and because I didn't want to not play, you know? Right, so right. I want to work with you. So you can't play, you know, um, that's my goal. Like I don't want to keep athletes out ever. Um, right. You know, even with, um, you know, or the incident, the mm-hmm. second athlete that you mentioned <laughs> um, with the knee injury uh, you know, I didn't want to tell you that I just wanted to, I did the Lockman's test how many times? And then I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't even want to say it. So yeah. yeah, it's hard for us. But yes, I definitely have multiple times. Um, I've been lucky enough that they were um, they were okay with that, mm-hmm. you know, at least to my face. I knew that they were like upset, but they were, um, they never like put an athlete back in after I said not to. Because right. I've I've heard of that happening to some yeah. of my like colleagues when I worked um, at my last job. So okay. that's that's a little that's wrong. So yeah. it's yeah, yeah. I, um, I I'd like to tell you a story that maybe I maybe I've told you this. I'm not sure, <laughs> but uh, a couple of years ago we had a team playing here. I'm not sure if you were here then or not. Mm-hmm. It might have been one of the other trainers, but it, we've only had a couple. So. Yeah. Um, it was there was a basketball game going on in one of the and I know you've, you've treated uh, athletes from other teams as well. Like you'll, you'll mm-hmm. treat anybody that's here. Yeah. And one of the other the, the best player from the other team went down with an injury. And mm-hmm. whether it was you or the other trainer, whatever, went over and treated them. And I think in the end, recommended to the coach that they not return to play. I almost mm-hmm. think it was a head injury, but I'm not positive. So the game, the game went on and we ended up winning. We would have won anyways. It was, it was a team that they, they just weren't that good. We were ahead by a lot of points. So the game went on, it ended, they went home a couple days later, I get an email from their athletic director, basically accusing me of using my trainer to take their best player out of the game so that we would win the game. So how absurd is that? Like I very, first of all, when, and you can you can you can verify this when you treat a, an athlete from the opposite team. I rarely ask questions about what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't think it's my business. If you want to tell me or give me, you know, because I'm the athletic director, 
a little bit of a, hey, this this happened, you know, I'm going to document this or whatever and communicate uh-huh. with the other team and the other coaches. But I'm never looking for information or trying to yeah. use that to give myself an advantage. But I just thought yeah. that that was bizarre. It is. And it's interesting you say that because um, it's also you know, that's, that's a private thing. Like that's HIPAA. So it's, if you were to ask me about it, it's, you know, I technically, like, I'm not supposed to talk about it really. Um, I mean, the most I would ever say to you probably is, is that kid okay? Like, is he okay? Is he fine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And that's usually what it is. Like, is he okay? And I'll just say yes or no, but I don't really go into the whole thing. And it's (laughs) funny you say this and it might be too soon for this, but, (laughs) oh boy. Um, the game yesterday Uh is it too soon (laughs) no no go ahead well um the um one of the opposing player like one Mm -hmm. of the other um it was the he was so good three point he was a great player freshman the freshman basketball player that is just like super good plays the whole time yeah yeah he got injured right and i went over um and honestly it seemed like a significant thing yeah. Um, I did a really good assessment, treated him like I would any other athlete, um, my team or not, and made the right judgment call and he could go back in. But if okay. he couldn't, I wouldn't have like if he couldn't like I, he couldn't he could go back in <laughs> and I wouldn't hold you know, and I don't want to yeah. say this because I'm sorry, but he definitely could. Yeah. Um, and I would never I don't even think like that. And yeah. I and if that conversation were to happen with any other coach, I know it would not happen with you, but yeah. I'm saying like if someone, yeah, that's not, that's crazy <laughs> that they did that. But it made me think of it, that incident, to be honest, because yeah. I thought of it on the way home. It is somewhat similar and it, it definitely, it, caught, it definitely caught me off guard. But uh, so a couple of minutes ago, you alluded to the fact that your goal is to keep kids playing. Like it's never your goal to, you know, take kids out of competition and stuff. So Talk to me about injury prevention for a second. What are some things coaches should be maybe incorporating into their practices to strengthen their athletes, to help with prevention? You know, no, no coach wants their and any of their athletes to go down. What are some mm-hmm. things that we should be doing routinely to prevent that from happening? Um, so I'm pretty sure every school does a, you know, like a summer conditioning thing or mm-hmm conditioning prior to the season. I always think that's important, but um, I do think incorporating more dynamic stretching prior. Mm -hmm. So by dynamic static is when you, you know, you're uh, you put a leg out and you just hold for 60 seconds. Right. Dynamic is more like the um, like jogging down the court and jumping, you know, doing like jumping jacks, dynamic warm ups. A lot more movement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in different planes of motion. So not just stagnant type Mm. of warmups. Um, also I think, um, it is catered to sports, but like, you know, but, uh, I think just having a little variety, like, you know, football players that do ballet. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. I have. Yeah. Especially (laughs) running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Like things like that, you know, specialization is never good. So just having a, variety of things okay. I think was important. Yeah. I do I do feel like since you've been here, we have I have incorporated more of the dynamic stretches into mm-hmm. our practice plan every day. Um, yes. It's never something we used to do a lot of and I think that that's helped mm-hmm. um, 
there are definitely, you know, things that coaches can do. A lot of things that we're not even aware of where an athletic trainer, you know, has that knowledge and the ability to say, Hey, I see that you're doing this, but maybe you could add this or also do this or that. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's one way that you've helped us tremendously. So I, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, once an, once an athlete has an injury or has been injured, how can a coach and a trainer work together to get the athlete back into competition as safely, but as quickly as possible. So mm -hmm. quick and safe aren't always the same, you know, like an athlete yeah. coach, well, I want that kid back in action as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. um, the trainer, obviously the athletic trainer takes more of a realistic approach. Like we want this, we want this kid back in action, but he has to be ready. It has to be safe. Um, how can we work together to do that? Honestly, I think generally looking at this, I know it's injury specific, right? Like you're not going to, if you have an ACL rupture, yeah. for instance, mm -hmm. there are ways, but not ideal. So I would say communication is key. Like if, if I am thinking and making up a plan for an athlete that has an ankle sprain, um, okay. just communicating in general to you about what he or she should be doing during practice and mm -hmm. what, you know, the athlete's goals are too. Um, like we just need to communicate about what their symptoms are, what to really stay away from completely. So mm -hmm. if it's day one or two or three of the ankle sprain, you don't want sharp cutting movements and things like right. that. So just, but they can shoot, like they can stand and shoot and they can do, you know, the dynamic stretching and they can, mm -hmm. you know, just, I think communicating gets um, a lot of issues out of the way when it comes to, yeah. So, and communicating with the physician, even like I've mm -hmm. reached out to physicians um, to get their thoughts and just having a team effort to it. Mm -hmm. um, it's really, it's a difficult question because the injuries can vary so, so much. Right. And sports, like if you break your wrist, you could still play soccer, but you right. can't really play, you know, can you play football? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe in certain, you I think definitely, you, in you certain definitely can't play basketball, but you, you might can't. be able to no. play football. But that's what I mean. Like yeah. we could pad that and they yeah. could play soccer. Right. So it's very different um, depending yeah. on the injury. But in the like grand scheme of things, I feel like just communicating in general is going to be the most effective way. You yeah. know, everyone being on the same page and everyone understanding the extent of it day by day. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a setback, if there's things like that, that's when things go south. Yeah. Where it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, I've came to you about like Britt, you said he was like, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, he's a little like, you know, he's still sore, like maybe like more breaks throughout practice or something. Yeah. Just yeah. communicating with you in general, Slow I think is helpful. Down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree okay. that uh, I would say the number one thing is communication. Also, we, we as mm -hmm. coaches don't always know you know, the time frame for things or how things should look. But I think, I definitely think you do a great job at communicating with the coaches, um, with the school nurse when it's appropriate mm -hmm. to do so with parents and with athletes. Um, mm -hmm. So those four groups of people, uh, I would say you do a great job of communicating. And I think that as long as everybody's in the loop with yeah. the athlete, how he feels, um, not just physically, but mentally. Mm -hmm. um, and then the parents, you know, kind of 
knowing what you're thinking and how they can help their kid. And then mm -hmm. the school nurse or the, the, the athletic director, all those people, um, mm -hmm. as long as everybody's on the same page, it, it makes things so much, so much easier. So yeah, smoother. Very, very good point. Mm -hmm. What would you say? And we're, we only have a couple minutes left here. So a couple more questions. Okay. What, what would you say to a coach who might say to you or, or an athletic director, not that they ever would, but potentially, Hey, I don't really see the need to have a trainer on staff. <laughs> oh, I'm I would sure probably you've laugh. Never heard that. I would probably, I haven't, I haven't actually heard that, but I've seen articles. I've seen some pretty upsetting things. Um, right. And I would say, why do you like, hmm, interesting, tell me more. And then yeah, I yeah. would let them go. That's just me being me. And then I would say, so how do you treat this and that and this and that? And I probably would educate them on everything an athletic trainer can do. You know, yeah, when you yeah. prevent injuries from happening, we do emergency care. Um, what are you going to do if an athlete um, has a seizure, goes into yeah. cardiac arrest. Um, yeah. what, what's your plan? You know, I would probably yeah. just start drilling them with questions and ask, what are you going to do? And then yeah. once they say, I don't know, um, or <laughs> I would just call 911. And yeah. then, you know, from a time standpoint, it's critical it is. in certain situations. So, yeah. um, that's just my personality. I would that's, just a great, like, that's a great yeah. point because before this year, and we, I've had things happen in other years, but before this year, I never would have said, oh, I, I know how to deal with a kid with a broken foot, or I, I would know how to deal with a kid that tore his ACL in a game, or mm -hmm. a kid that had a seizure during practice, yeah. or any of those yep. things. And hey, guess what? Those things have all happened to us this year. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've been around yeah. for a lot of that stuff. And yeah. I think that in our case, uh, parents, and athletes have seen the value of having an athletic trainer here, mm -hmm. uh, especially during competition and even some practices to, they don't really think about it too much until it affects their kid directly. And then Correct. when it does yeah. affect their kid directly, they see the value in somebody who cares for their kid, who invests some time into their kid to help get them back to where they want to be and, mm -hmm. and sees that, hey, this athletic trainer has my kid's best interest in, in mind and they want what's best for my kid. So I'm going to do what I can to keep them around. Um, mm -hmm. That's to me, that's the bottom line. Like yeah. if it's good for the kids and it helps the kids and uh, it helps the parents, then it's, it's an A plus all the way. Mm -hmm. nice. um, okay. One last thing. This is just for fun. Okay. I've seen, <laughs> okay. I, I haven't seen a lot of like gross or gruesome injuries firsthand. Okay. Um, so I think the worst injury I can remember um, was watching the Joe Theismann break his leg in a football <laughs> game. Um, that was years and years ago. I saw that on TV. Uh, What's yeah. the weirdest, the weirdest or grossest injury that you've seen firsthand? Well, I, I brainstormed weirdest, which this was actually a story. Um, okay. but I need to tell it because I thought it was, um, I know we don't have much time, but basically it was a kid sustained a concussion. And then the only thing he could say was a curse word. <laughs> yeah. And okay. that was from a very, um, like it was my preceptor. Yeah. I was an athletic training student at the time yeah. and I wasn't there that day. Um, and he told me about what happened and he said he was, the kid was so scared, but that's all he could say was, wow. was a curse once curse. Word. Yep. That's yep. it. And he was so upset. <laughs> and he like kept he saying was, it over and over again. Yeah. Like he was trying to say 
something, but that's all he could say. So yeah. that was a little bizarre. Um, that is bizarre. To hear, I didn't see it, but that was bizarre. Yeah. Um, also, any dislocations are brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, patellar dislocation I saw, and it looked a little, it was patellar dislocation, ended up being um, total knee dislocation as well. So this kid's knee just looked like it was. What was it like, uh, like, was it sideways on his leg or how does that oh, look exactly? Honestly, it was as if picture, um, someone laying on the ground with their, you know, face up yep. and then everything in line perfectly. And then the portion of his leg below the knee was just completely externally rotated. So just oh. out towards the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, that so- was brutal. That is, that sounds disgusting, actually. Do you ever go, like, on YouTube or anything and just watch injuries, like, for fun? Because that's what you do, or? Yeah, I follow a lot of accounts on, like, uh, social media just to see injuries, orthopedic injuries, gruesome injuries. I love the weightlifting ones where they are trying to, like, uh, actually, it's usually the um, leg press. They lock out their knees with a bunch of weight, and then they just hyperextend, and it just, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I I do enjoy watching those. To be honest, yeah, that's. I was gonna say that's weird, but if you're in that line of work, it's not weird. So <laughs> no, it's I saw I saw for the first time. I don't know if you're familiar with this injury, but there's a guy in the NBA. His name's Gordon Hayward. A couple of years ago, it's probably been like four years now. He went up for a dunk or something and landed weird, and his leg, from his like his knee down, just goes in the opposite direction, and yeah, it was. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. You're familiar yeah, with that. Injury. I but I just, I just saw that. Like, I don't yeah. go looking for that stuff because it kind of makes it me. It just pops up. <laughs> yeah. But I, did, I But then once I saw it, I watched it like three or four times in a row. So you're like, oh, yeah, no, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Then anyways, well, mm-hmm. listen, it's been great to have you on the show today. We appreciate what you do here for us and we appreciate Thank what you. you do for our kids. And uh, it's good to have you around and keep up the good work. As always, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Real Game. I want to leave you today with a quote by Joe Gibbs, who was the head coach for the Washington Redskins from 1981 to 1992, and again from 2004 to 2007. During his first stint with the Redskins, he led them to eight playoff appearances, four NFC Championship titles, and three Super Bowl titles over 12 seasons. Gibbs is the only head coach to have won Super Bowls with three different starting quarterbacks and is widely regarded as one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. And the quote is this, failures are expected by winners but are ignored by winners. So good luck coaches and coach on.